When I was in Fort Wayne this last week, there was one time during the week when I was outside and the gray clouds kind of came over and it started sprinkling a little bit and I was worried because I didn't bring any kind of raincoat or umbrella with me and I just assumed that it would start pouring rain, that it was going to rain. And then I remembered that I was in Fort Wayne and not in Mississippi and that sometimes it actually just sprinkles because it doesn't normally do that in Mississippi. Normally in Mississippi or in Tennessee or around here, these parts, when it rains, it pours. When it rains, it pours. Sometimes life is more like Fort Wayne. Sometimes it just sprinkles. Sometimes there's a little cloud of depression here or a little sprinkle of sadness there. But for the most part, in September, it's sunny and you can go to the coffee hour outside and things are all right. But sometimes life is more like Mississippi. Sometimes life is more like Dixie Alley, where the gray clouds come over and you might need to check and see if you need to go to the tornado shelter pretty soon. Not only do you come down with an illness, but there's drama at work. Not only is there drama at work, but the children are in some kind of trouble and need your help. Not only are the children in some kind of trouble and need your help, but then you have some unexpected large bill come up that needs to be paid. When it rains, it pours. That's how life is sometimes. The widow at Nain was like that. In her life, it didn't just rain, it poured. You hear these little details that Luke includes in the story that clue you in on what her life was like. First of all, she was a widow. Her husband had already died, and he had probably died at a younger age than he should have because she still had a child in the house. And the child was young. Jesus says to him, young man, I say to you, arise. And then Jesus, he's young enough that Jesus picks him up later and hands him to his mother. He is a young boy. And so she's a widow, probably at a young age. And now, not only is she a widow, but she only has one child to help take care of her as she ages, one child to be with her, to give her the comfort and the company of family. And now this only child of hers, this young boy at that, has now also died. When it rains, it pours. All seemed lost for her. And it's not that people weren't trying to help Sometimes when it rains and when it pours in life even, there will be lots of people there to give you their condolences and to help you. In fact, there was a considerable crowd. It's kind of an interesting scene to imagine in your head that Jesus is coming from one direction and there's a considerable crowd, Luke says, following him. But then this funeral procession is happening in the city And there is a considerable crowd from the town with her. There are people there who want to help. She had friends. There are men there who are 
bearers for the beer, the casket. The, the beer is what kind of holds the casket. There are bearers for the beer. There's a crowd there. There are people there who want to help. People there who will bring you meals in your time of trouble. People to offer their prayers. People to give you assistance in time of need, to give you a bed to sleep on or to help pay a bill or this or that or the other thing. And that's great. In fact, the church should do that. Christians should do that for one another. Those things matter. We must love our neighbors. But the fact of the matter is pretty clear. The great crowd there, the bearers, the meals, the prayers, they weren't going to bring her son back to life. Death is the final enemy. The wages of sin is death. And we all have sin, and so we all will die. And when that final enemy comes, especially when it comes in scenarios like the widow at Nain, one thing after another, after another, one sadness, one tragedy, after another, after another, it seems like all really is lost. No matter the prayers, no matter the meals, no matter the offerings of support, it seems like nothing else matters. That death is all there is. But since death is the final enemy, what do we really need? It becomes so clear in this way. The only thing that can help, the only thing that we could possibly need at the end of the day, is resurrection. You can't have forgiveness of sins without resurrection. If death is the wages of sin, then for sins to really be forgiven, then there must be resurrection. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope, in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. It's a very busy time in the church. You can look at the calendar for October, all those events I was talking about. We have work days and we have confirmations and we have transfers to the church and we have LWML Sunday coming up and all sorts of things. Game nights and Oktoberfests. Lots of great things happening here. But let me tell you this straight up now before we get there. None of that matters. None of it matters. Nothing we do here matters if Christ has not been raised. And if the dead who die in the Lord here are not raised. When all is lost, when the storms have gathered, there is only one thing, one thing that can help, and that is resurrection. And that's what Jesus comes to do. When Jesus walks on scene in this funeral procession, you know that it's going to be good. 
you know it's going to be good. Because the Lord sees what's happening. It says this, when the Lord saw her, when she saw the storm of life that she, when he saw the storm of life that she was experiencing, when he saw what was going on, when he saw that the matter at hand was death, he had gut-wrenching compassion. He had exactly what he needed for her, and you can take comfort even in that. That when the Lord sees you in the storms of life, when the Lord sees you in tragedy after tragedy, when the Lord sees you in sorrow after sorrow, when he sees you in depression after depression, when he sees you, when the storms of life have gathered, he sees you. And he knows you. And he has compassion, gut-wrenching compassion on you. He looks on you and he knows exactly what you need. And he is there to bring it. And he calls you to faith. When he sees the woman there, of course he's going to do what needs to be done. We'll get there in a moment. But when he has compassion on her, he calls her to trust in him. He says to her, do not weep. The only reason she would have not to weep is if she knew the promise of resurrection. Because that's the only thing that can help. And so he looks at her, and in a way he says, I'm going to raise him from the dead. But he calls her to faith to trust in that first, and he just says to her, do not weep. And he calls you to faith, too. He says to you today, don't weep. Don't weep because I have something better coming for you. He gives you promises. That's what our Lord does. He sends you promises after promises after promises. We have rainstorms after rainstorms. He sends you promises. It's no surprise that one of his promises that he gives in the Bible is a rainbow. The promise of sun after the storm has gone away. He gives you lots of promises. He says, peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. Not the peace of this world. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He promises you this. If you come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light, and you will find rest for your souls. He calls you to faith. He gives you promise after promise after promise. And the sheep hear their shepherd's voice, and they believe. It is interesting to me that Luke does not say whether or not she actually stopped crying. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. I like to think that she did. But it doesn't really matter because even if it took her a little bit to realize the promise of faith that Jesus was calling her to, he was going to do what he came there to do. Jesus' words are powerful. They do what he says. 
Whenever he tells the man to arise, he arises. And so I think that whenever he told her to stop weeping, she probably stopped weeping. But he is powerful. And he has exactly the power he needs. He touches the beer and everyone stops. Because they can recognize that he is one of authority. Whether or not she stopped crying, it doesn't really matter because when it rains, it storms. It doesn't just rain and storm the storms of life that we've been talking about, but Jesus also operates in this way. That when he wants to send down his mercy and when he wants to give you his grace and when he wants to take care of the problem, he's really going to take care of it. When it comes to his mercy, this is also true. When it rains, it storms. And so, yes, he comes and he looks on the woman with compassion. Yes, he comes and he calls her to faith. And yes, he comes and he touches the beer and shows his power to the people. And all of that would be enough. It would be enough because Jesus was going to raise that boy one way or the other. Maybe it wasn't going to be in that moment. Maybe it would be when Jesus comes back again to raise all of us from the dead. He was going to raise that boy, but he can't help himself. He can't help himself because when his mercy rains, it storms. And so he saw that boy laying there and he raised him from the dead in that moment. He said, young man, I say to you, arise in his words, do what they say. And he gave that woman... He gave that family, he gave that boy exactly what they needed. The only thing that was needed, the only thing that can solve any of our final problems, and that is resurrection, new life. And he's here to give that to you, too. To all who he's called to faith and who have heard and responded. To all who call upon his name, he has visited his people. What the crowd said was right. He has come to you. And he's given you his promises. And he will also give you resurrection. When the storms of clouds may gather, His mercy is nearby to also shower down on you. He will do for you what he did for that mother. He will raise you. He will raise your loved ones who have died in the faith. And he will one day come back again to raise us all together. To bring up our bodies from their caskets. To come and touch all the beers that the bearers may stand still, that the dead may come out of their graves, and that we may all together be in that new heavens and that new earth where we will shout and sing together. There were a couple great crowds gathered on that day. There was the great crowd following Jesus, and there was the great crowd with the funeral procession. But the crowd that will gather on that day The crowd that will stream from every nation under heaven of all the faithful. 
It will be 10,000 upon 10,000 and we will all be singing his praises and it will be wonderful because we will all shout together, God has visited his people and our great prophet has come and all will be made perfect. And so we say together now, yes, when it rains, it storms, may his mercy come and may he come soon. Lord Jesus, amen. We stand to sing the offertory together.